Hey everybody, welcome to the Master Movie Podcast. Oh boy, we're in for a treat tonight. Oh man. Alex is triggered. I am excited. Oh man. We're counting down now. We're only two days away from Wednesday. When, yeah, we got two days before we're going to go see uh, Surfer T confronts fear uh, in the theater. So um, we're ecstatic. We're holding our horses. We've got um, chills running up our spine. Yeah. Folks, it's going to be a barn burner. But tonight. We've already burnt down the fucking barn. Yes. Oh, we're about to. Um, Ready to Rumble is tonight, but, uh, oh my god. But, uh, in the spirit of Zach, we gotta talk about the, we gotta talk about the news, I guess. Zach, we miss you, we'll talk about the news. Um, okay, we talked about Joker last week, but it looks like that Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit has won People's Choice at Telluride. Yeah. It, the interesting thing is the critics did not like it. Really? Fans liked it. The moviegoers liked it. But the critics, most of the critics walked into this movie going, uh, and they admit this, like, a lot of them have, like, we wanted to like this. Taika Waititi, we like his work. We like his work when he's, you know, doing Marvel stuff. We just like this guy. Jojo Rabbit looks weird, we're in, and a lot of them walked out not wanting to admit they didn't like what they saw, but having to admit the fact that all the non-critics walked away going, we loved it. Which I find fairly interesting. It's, is- liber- it's literally a walking Rotten Tomatoes website. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually, because I have a whole slate of films I want to see before Rise of Skywalker to keep my attention... Occupied until then. I I would say um, I am interested in seeing it. Um, also, mostly because I watched Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator recently, and that is uh, a really good movie making fun of Hitler. While at the same time, they didn't know about concentration camps and how serious they were at that time. It was made in 1940 before they knew the facts. So there's like there's some problematic things about the movie, but overall, it's with its best intentions at heart, and that seems to be what Jojo Rabbit probably is. Uh-huh. Like, best intentions. And then also, I would say, I would say keep an eye on this Oscar season, Chris. I'd like to see how many movies you see this year, because it's Ooh. turning out to be a very interesting year. Okay, so, the film's on the yeah, forward to. Um, for, in terms of the Oscar race so far, um, Jojo Rabbit, because... Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um... Joker, apparently, because that one that one in Venice, so that is a good I shot. Would, I, I would say that that's probably more than anything gonna. If it gets any real true award, it'll probably end up going to Joaquin more than anything else. Doesn't mean it won't get nominated. Uh, I don't think that Todd Phillips will get nominated for director. The movie may get nominated for best movie because movies have been nominated just on their performances alone. In several different examples. Right. Blind side to there will be blood. It's totally happened. Uh, but do I think that the script, which rips heavily from post, like other Martin Scorsese movies, 
the dialogue would have to be really good, I would think, because it's basically taking two different structures from two different Scorsese movies and putting them together. On top of the fact that most people seem to agree that the style apes Scorsese very heavily in his, in his like, old New York stuff, which is fine. We all love that stuff, and we all like watching it. The main thing everyone's walking away saying that is something worth talking about is Phoenix, more than anything else. Because, like, I've been reading a lot of people who are trying to avoid the whole how is the audience going to react? Do we need more movies like this kind of thing? Because, no, there's movies, there are people trying to judge it on the merit of what it is. They know that movies like Fight Club and Taxi Driver have their merits, despite the fact that a lot of people don't seem to get the real truth behind those movies. And I think this is going to be another example of those, but more than anything, everyone's saying Phoenix. But Phoenix, it depends on if he's going to campaign. If he campaigns for uh, um, the best actor, he has a shot. But he also never really ever campaigned. He did a bunch of great performances last year, and none of them got a nomination because he didn't take the effort to campaign. Todd Phillips will campaign. Right. Will Joaquin Phoenix? I don't know. So, yeah. So, Jojo Rabbit, Joker. We're seeing Teen Confronts Fear on Wednesday. I'm kidding. Um, best picture! Best picture. Um, also, one that caught my eye. Ford v. Fiari. Four, yes. On top yeah. of on top of Christian Bale and Matt Damon, I heard James Mangold was doing this movie. And he did Logan, so I want to give it a shot. Well, it's not even just that he did Logan. He also did Last Samurai. He's done prestige movies before that have made the Oscar race. He's not a bad, serious, dramatic filmmaker. On top of the fact that I think that he's on a roll these days. Um, but also... Matt Damon is sturdy. He, I, I haven't seen enough for me to say this is a performance that's going to really push him. I, I just want to see more. I, that doesn't mean I haven't seen him be pushed in a great role before, but I haven't I haven't seen it in the trailers just yet. Christian Bale, of course, is great. He's fantastic, and he's uh, gets to use a British accent. So I'm really excited to see where this um, where the style lies in this movie because I can see the story pretty easily, and I don't know much about like the real life story, but I do know that you can kind of see the blueprint, but I don't care. I'm there for the style and the performances, and I'm I'm excited for that, for sure. A lot of people are. I don't think anybody's seen it, though. Yeah, so, like, um, so, yeah, um, then what else was there? Uh, uh, the Oscar race? That's probably it, honestly. For now. Unless something really comes I think, out. I would say Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. People yes, know that and yes, they like it. Yes, right. Okay, he's a, a good shot. He's not the biggest role of it. It's a movie about somebody else and he's just on the outskirts. But he has a very good shot of getting like supporting actor. Maybe lead, it depends on his time, but most likely it'll be supporting. Oh, let's see here. See if there's any more news. Oh yeah, um, Netflix is getting Seinfeld. I guess that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not like Disney was gonna take it. No, nobody else really was. Um, let's see what else is there. And plus, Seinfeld already has a deal going with Netflix for his co- comedians who drink coffee in cars. Yeah. And special. He's already got a bunch of deals with them already. 
Let's see here. Yeah, so... I guess, I guess that's it. You just got... Oscar season is kicking off, I guess. A lot of film... A, a lot of reviews from films from film festivals are coming out. So, there's a lot of... Uh, <gasps> Dude! Knives Out. What? For example, Knives Out. I'm excited for Knives Out. Everyone who saw it um, liked it a lot, and they said it was terribly entertaining, and it was exactly what they wanted when they came into it, knowing Ryan Johnson's past work. So I'm super excited, because that's what I would want to say walking out of it. And the other thing is, no one has said jack about the story, because no one wants to say anything about the movie. But no one has saying that it's a masterpiece of filmmaking, they're just saying it's super good and entertaining for a Agatha Christie type murder mystery. The kind of thing where you're just like, I want to watch that over and over and over again. I don't care about how like beautiful it is. Like I just want to watch that again. Let's see here. Um, and I'm excited too. It seems like it, it seems like uh, everyone in it is just having a ball. Yeah. So I released a. A list of movies I was looking forward to. Did you know they moved up uh, the last Rambo movie up until this weekend? Uh, yeah. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I've <laughs> been listening to all the episodes again. Oh man, I can't wait. I, I listened to all four of them. Yeah, nice. two was a ride. Two was a ride. I still can't go. I still, whenever I think about a review of two, I still can't get over the fact how we all, like, it just went over our heads. Like, he says, find him or I'll find you, after he just wipes out all the evidence of them ever existing. Yeah, you nailed that. I didn't even see it. Like, find him or I'll find you. With what? (laughs) It's the pigeons. Go for it. (laughs) <sighs> okay. Um. Hold on. Actually, okay. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find this. Cause it was because Rambo was on there. Um, the ones we talked about, Jojo Rabbit. I gotta put Ford V Fiari on there. Cause now I'm really you know, looking forward to that. There was a, there was a movie that people were talking about and they were excited for called The Goldfinch, but most people have been absolutely crapping all over it and saying it's like really bad. I'm kind of interested to see what kind of bad movie it is. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. Um, Surfer Tinker Frontier, but I redacted that. I wanted to keep it a secret, but I blew it. I actually actually blew it. I'll tell you about it later. Um, Abominable. Um, that the animated DreamWorks movie that's coming out. Just cause. I saw, I saw a scene where the snowman was riding down a hill and using his magic and they looked pretty cool. Um, By the way, Snow Magic. Jojo Rabbit and Zombieland 2 come out on the same weekend. I think Zombieland 2 is going to make money no matter what. Yeah. I think there's enough fans who want to see it. And I think it looks good. Um, and Jojo Rabbit hopefully will spread by word of mouth. Yeah. I think that people like me want to go see it because we know about it. But uh, the average person, like my 
like my family, would they just go out and see it? They would if people told them it was good. Their friends told them it was good. Oh, good. So there's a huge gap between the weekend of October 18th and when The Mandalorian comes out on November 12th. So I may have to space out Jojo Rabbit and Zombieland 2, unless something else comes out that I want to see between that. Oh, wait. There are two, uh, there's one other movie, too, I completely forgot about. There's a Noah Baum... Well, okay, so there's a few, actually. Okay, so the Oscar race is starting to show up, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at what's going on at the Toronto Film Festival. There's a movie called um, A Marriage Story, I believe. Oh, I heard about that. And Scarlett Johansson. People are saying Scarlett Johansson's got a good chance for Best Actress. Um, and Noah Baumbach's ex-wife, Greta Gerwig, has Little Women coming out, and that's most likely going to get nominated for stuff as well. Like, the, the list of actresses and the prestige behind that, considering she just made Lady Bird, I'm, I'm sure she's going to get some nominations up there, too. Um, okay, Knives Out, November 27th. Oh, man, it's going to be a long wait. Um, I have Jumanji the Next Level on December 1st on here. i got to see the first one still. Oh my god, I'm in the same boat as you. I thought you were going to yell at me for not seeing it. No, oh, I no, feel we're so the same much boat. better. Like a weight off my shoulders, man. I honestly thought you were going to be like, oh my god, you hadn't seen it. Go watch it, Alex. And then I'm just going to go home and cry. <laughs> You're already home, aren't you? No, I am not. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm I'm outside your house, dude, in the trees. Where else? Alright. Hi! That's Waving. it. That's it. I'm getting the shotgun. Oh man, but it'll smear my clown makeup. Get out! I can't help it. This tree is too small. <laughs> Don't you mean tall? No, small. I'm a clown. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. The road to the rise of Skywalker begins here. I'm marking it officially as of today. The road begins, and I hope to. God, we did not land on the Star Wars special. It began a long time ago, like when the teaser trailer came out. But yeah, okay, let's say now. Okay, so. Actually, okay. So today, we'll talk about, okay, I'll talk about this on air. So today, we were actually talking about the holiday special. So a guy at work. Oh, wow, okay. So a guy at work, honest to God. Alex, you may want to be sitting down for this. So... I'm going to stand up so I can sit down. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting down. So a co-worker of mine, honest to God, believes, allegedly, honest to God believes, that the holiday <laughs> special was better than The Last Jedi. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> He's just an idiot. <laughs> that's, that, like, for someone to say that, it's basically... It would be like if someone broke into your house and started stealing all your stuff and then you, you know, woke up and then went to work and didn't call the police and came home and you watch TV but your TV's not there. It's just you're in denial, dude. You're in denial. There's no way on God's green... I would bet my left nut, which, by the way, if you lose your left nut, is just so your left nut. I don't know how that joke goes. Anyway, this movie, I've got it. Anyway. I'm sorry. Um, if, if you honestly believe that, if you honestly believe that, he's just—he's he, either being a troll, it's or he's in denial because there's no, 
there is no way on God's grace. It's like tonight, like we watched a terrible movie, but the quality is going to be better than the movie we watched that's called Surfer Teen Confronts Fear. There's no way that Surfer Teen Confronts Fear has the same sort of scope and money and performances. My gosh, Martin Landau actually has a pretty decent scene in the hospital and ready to rumble. Like, I, you have to understand what the hell you're talking about. If you're gonna stand by something that stupid, I keep telling so him that. If he's gonna like... people in the face and say that, and you can tell he's if he's earnest about that, he's an idiot or he's in denial. If he's trolling you, then he's trolling you. <laughs> but anyone who looks at me and is like, "The Last Jedi was so bad, the the holiday special was better," like, no, it wasn't, and you're an idiot. So. <laughs> What are we talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I'm just like, you cannot tell me. Like, I can understand. Okay, Last Jedi did not meet your expectations. Fine. Okay. Whatever. To each their own. But if you're, like, serious and are trying to, like, convince people of that, it's just like, tell me. Tell me what makes that movie so bad. He still, to this day, has not. Chris, if I had the ability, like, if I had a lamp in front of me and a genie popped out and he said, you have one wish, I would say, okay, I want the ability to grow a baby in a day. And he'd be, oh, you did great. And he would give me a seed and the seed would turn into a baby in a day. And then I'd show the baby two things, Last Jedi and the holiday special. And at the very end, he'd look at me and he'd say, what the fuck was the holiday special? Because even a baby knows the difference between a good movie and a bad movie. It's a good movie and a bad movie, okay? You can't not even talk about context of storyline of universe of Star Wars fandom, okay? One is a piece of crap television special, and one has thousands of dollars, millions of people's worth, and it has merit to it, regardless of whether you don't like the story. So shut up if you honestly believe that. I, I'm sorry, I can't change your mind then. Okay. It's gonna really, really, it sucks that the thing you love is now gone forever for you. That sucks. That you can't, that that innocence is lost for you, when the fact of the matter is you're just a fucking moron. <laughs> oh, Jay, I hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> hey, okay, so let, let me put it this way. I'm just, I really didn't like Ready to Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I honestly think if you earnestly believe that, you're a fucking moron. But if you're just trying to troll people, um, you're just trying to troll people, and that's an easy way to do it. If this guy has a legitimate argument for how the holiday special is better than Last Jedi on a technical act, just technical. Just give me technical. I know, right? Because convince me with story. You're never going to convince me that, like, the the cooking show with the uh, or the bar scene or the dancing idiots... If the only thing you can tell me is that Boba Fett shows up in an animated thing that looks like all the real-life actors' faces have been stretched out like bananas, then you can just go, fuck off. Explicit. If I said it already. It's kind of said a lot tonight. Uh, Chris, the main characters of our movie tonight drive and operate a septic tank. <laughs> Family-owned and operated. Um, There's a female character in this movie whose only real joke is to be beat up. <laughs> she gets punched, she has fight sex, and she gets hit in the face with a ladder and then never seen again in the movie. So, what are we talking about here? Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, I think 
the holiday special, Chris, the, the reason I think that's, I'm saying this too is because you haven't seen the special. The special is awful. It's super awful. It's so slow, it shaves years off your life. But here's the it, thing. Here's the thing. My friend, my friend Mark, um, who didn't like The Last Jedi, but is not willing to admit that the holiday special was worse. Like, like he's smarter than that. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you gotta watch it at some point. I'm like, not before Rise of Skywalker. Like, the pressure is mounting now. I've got people have- from the outside telling me I need to watch this. Watch- like, oh. You need to watch the, you need to watch it before the end of Skywalker. I that is, no, I will dude. stand by that. No, it'll ruin me, dude. It'll ruin that. me. No, you don't understand. Again, you can't. It cannot be the last canon thing you watch. It's not. Canon. It can't. Chris, it's canon. No, it's not. It's not canon. It, it's canon. It's not canon. Canon. It will always it's be canon, nice. no matter how much you try to like <laughs> bury this stepchild. I don't care how ugly this fetus is and how many jars you try to put it in, it will break out and put itself on the front porch of your house and wave to all your neighbors, Chris. It ain't going away. Okay. Ever. Okay. Lucas even said it if he could, he could, but he can't. You know why? The internet. Internet's here. Done. Conversation over. Okay. Even if you don't, even if we don't want it to happen before Last Jedi, it is. It is, man. It's canon. It sucks. We, none of us want it. None of us. None of us want it. None of us. But it is. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> the wheel will decide. The wheel I will leave it in the wheel's hands. It has two more chances to do it. Again, yeah, it's the wheel. That's the thing. But at the end of the day, like that 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 sh- that thing is bad. It's bad news bears, Chris. It's borderline torture. Slow. It's not good. And the thing to make fun of it is best if it's in the hands of a Star Wars fan who knows how to rip that thing apart properly. Or people who love watching bad stuff and can really rip it. Like me, or Zach. But it's not for mortals. It's not for mere mortals. So for him to say that is mind-boggling to me. That's It's not good on any terms. Not even Star Wars terms. It's just not even good. Not. Okay. I just had to bring that up because we were talking about the holiday special. I just it's just it's just funny. Jay, I love you, but come on now. Um That's bad Jay. Bad Jay. It's a bad Jay. Oh, okay. Jay <clears throat> probably has fine opinions about other movies. He's probably much smarter than me and more attractive. I don't know, Jay. I don't know. Nah he uh, Oh, okay. Can you <laughs> either, can, can either <laughs> confirm or deny? <laughs> it's on record. I gave you an opening. I gave Jay an opening, but he can't speak. No, he can't. Except um, a, a stupid shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess that's all out of the way. <sighs> Are you ready? I am. Ready to rumble. Uh-huh. We've been holding this in. All weekend. And now it's time. This film is a part of me, and I really kind of wish it wasn't. (laughs) Oh no, here we go. Alright, the floor is yours. You have been building this up on the chat for so long. I'm going to give you the floor first. You go ahead. (laughs) You start. Okay, so I mentioned in the chats that um, that I had an idea, correct? I think you remember that? Okay, I think so. 
Okay, so this was my idea, and it was posited on a, a me listening to the Rambo episodes and other things, and just thinking, like, the wheels that we have and how much fun they are, but, like, you think of movies like Sahara, or, to a certain extent, Willow, or I'll even give Stretch, or, if I'm just going to predict this, Surf's Up, that maybe the possibility of a mediocre wheel would be fun, because then the good wheel could actually have, like, good stuff, stuff that you've always wanted to see that you know is, like, prestigious stuff. Like, Did you know? Or No no, no Country for Old Men, whereas the, the mediocre wheel would allow us to put the things that we love that we know are just okay, and that way we walk away and either we get an Assassin's Creed type thing where, like, this thing was boring and bland and it was whatever, or Sahara. Like, Sahara, we talked about other things and it's funny, but the movie was just blah. Or... It's all of us are like, that was a genuinely kiss, kiss, bang, bang type good movie. And I think the, the possibilities would be open. And I'm like, what if Ready to Rumble is a mediocre movie? What if we walk away and I'm like, this was an okay movie? I hadn't seen anything about it yet. And I'm like, what? Like this is what was giving me the idea. But I thought, if I watch this movie and posit the idea of a mediocre wheel to them on the chat, see this, and then realize that it's in like infuriatingly bad or like bad in a way that just would like be crazy... Uh, that it wouldn't work with that in mind. I still like the idea, and I still think it's interesting, but, like, it doesn't work for this because, Chris, you put a bad movie on a bad movie wheel. (laughs) You you nailed it, Butter. I nailed it. I nailed it. I'm so glad I nailed it. Oh, man, this is not a typo. You wrote this out, and you put it in the right spot of the wall. You didn't even need a level... The picture is hanging properly on the bad movie wheel. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm 12 minutes in, and I'm like, this is insane. I have to stop. (laughs) And so I stopped, and I try to go back to it later, and I got a half an hour in, and I'm like, this movie is disgusting. (laughs) And then, then, uh, as I, I got to the halfway point of the movie, where King decides to pair with our two idiots leads, and uh, they decide that as a group, they're going to go ahead and try to make King better. I didn't know anybody, like, he hadn't the, he hadn't done the turn where he breaks out of the porta potty yet. They just at that point decided he's going to try and get back somehow. And I was like, oh my god, finally, halfway through the movie, they've teamed up. And I'm like, who made this? <laughs> made this? Why did this get made? Who made this so sidebar Chris remember I mentioned the movie North uh yes remember I mentioned how the movie North was made by a guy named Rob Reiner and it basically wrecked his career but he made some classics before that okay yes I do remember this so Rob Reiner before all of that before he became a film filmmaker was a star of one of the most famous TV shows he is a prime example of a few really interesting stories about actors who were so famous on TV but would go on to be filmmakers that would make classics. The best example is Ron Howard. Ron Howard would go on two famous TV shows and then like go on to make Oscar winners and Star Wars movie. Like Ron Howard's the champ of I used to be on TV, now I'm better than you. It's perfect. This guy who made this movie it's like maybe the seventh or eighth best example of this. But he's got some clout to him. He doesn't have filmmaking clout, though he's made some films. 
He's got Nickelodeon TV show clout. That's right. This guy started on a show that I don't remember called The Head of the Class. He has been in like 150 episodes. He was in there from the beginning and it lasted for seasons. He gathered a bunch of people over that show, including Dan Snyder, and they all got together and started presenting shows to Nickelodeon as they got older. And he uh, had a, oh god, he had an idea for a show that, uh, what was it called? Oh, All That. The guy created All That. And then he'd like, oh, I don't know, go on to meet these two guys called Keenan and Kel. And he'd make a show for them called Keenan and Kel. And he's like, guys, you're really great. How about you start on my first big production movie called Good Burger? Oh my god. We watched a movie by the guy who made Good Burger. Oh my god. Not only that, Chris, it gets better. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even started on this guy's directorial. Not to mention the hundred of producing credits he's had through Nickelodeon throughout the years. This guy started with Good Burger. Then he made Varsity Blues. Have you ever seen Varsity Blues? Can't say I have. Oh my gosh, it needs to go on the bad movie wheel. First of all, Scott Kahn does, is like one of the funniest parts of that movie. He is a genuine breakout Ryan Reynolds kind of star in Varsity Blues. So he's worked with this director before, because Varsity Blues came out before this one. And it's just a, it's an insane movie, Chris. I can't wait for you to see it. It's... It could have only been made at, in that era, at that time, with those actors, that way. It's the only way I can describe that movie, Chris. And then when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And once I heard the guy who made Varsity Blues made this, I was like, click! This guy's insane. Okay, this guy makes <laughs> crazy movies. <laughs> because, again, I'm not even started. Not even close to where this guy's done. So, <laughs> after Varsity Blues, he makes Ready to Rumble. Then he makes Hardball. Huh. Keanu Reeves coaches a bat a baseball team of inner city black kids hardball. <laughs> then, in 2004, he makes the movie where um, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson meet for the first time. A, like, high school heist movie called The Perfect Score where they try to steal the final exam's answers so they can pass the test and go to college. He then makes The Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen and guess what? Robert Downey Jr. in one of his many roles that he was trying to climb up the ladder. And then, God, he like sat down and he was like, who do I want to work with for the next few years? Who's the guy who really speaks to me and gets my sense of humor? Eddie Murphy. I'm going to make Norbit. Oscar winning Norbit. <laughs> this guy made Norbit, Chris. He made Meet Dave. He made A Thousand Words. This guy has made all the most forgettable Eddie Murphy movies. <laughs> that's who's made this movie. That's who, right, no, I'm sorry, that's who directed this movie. Do you know who wrote this movie? Uh-oh. Do you know what that guy wrote? No. The Mighty Duck movie. <sighs> this guy wrote my childhood. <laughs> I don't even like hockey. I just like the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> he, he, wrote heavy, he made heavyweights. Wow. He would then go on to make several Adam Sandler movies, including Mr. Deeds. He's now, he's now an Adam Sandler show. Wow. We have stepped into the ocean of mediocrity. <laughs> 
start swimming in the in the gigantic pool of overacting cheap laughs and fart jokes. <laughs> Sitcom humor that has grown into glossy HD TV so that we can see the fake vomit better. <laughs> These guys spend all the money in the world to give you shit that is shiny and you eat it up, you 12-year-old little morons. <laughs> These guys have defined all of our generations of like childhood and either we grow out of it or we stick with it since the mid since the early 90s <sighs> I gotta breathe I gotta breathe I'm crying over here not to mention that the people who actually make this movie somewhat entertaining and I don't know about the wrestlers that's where you gotta come in now, although yep. I gotta say most of the wrestlers are really good I don't. I didn't think any of the wrestlers stood out as bad as, at all. E even like I guess I got to be honest. When Sting spoke, it was pretty bad. But outside of that, everyone else is pretty great. Um, but it, it's the actors. Like I think I like Scott Kahn. I think he's great. Um, but he's he, he's acting like he's on Xanax. It's ridiculous. But he has he has scenes that are really good. David yes. Arquette when he's not yelling, he's great. When he's yelling, I want to kill him. He just yells way too much in this movie, and his scream is irritating. Wrestling uh, isn't fake. That was funny, but then when they're at the actual match and he just keeps yelling, I was like, oh, I can't understand you, and just stop. Except when Scott Kahn is mellow the entire movie, there's a point where they're at the match, and he go, and he's like, uh, King vs. Page, and then he turns around to the people behind him and he goes, King vs. Page! And I laughed, because he doesn't do that throughout the movie. He's the calm guy, and he just yelled at someone's face. Because they're like... I laughed a couple times. So did I. Honestly, I did too. I, one of my favorite laughs, again, by the actors, Oliver Platt, when he's sitting in the trailer and he's lying about his life and they look at him and they're like, we met your wife. We we met your kid. He's not in a wheelchair. And he goes, ah. Like he's excited to find out his kid's not in a wheelchair. I loved that. I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I liked the nun joke. I liked the nuns, but the problem is you could put that in any buddy buddy movie. Anywhere. I thought it was going to get gross. That was the thing. There was so much disgusting humor when they got in the van. I was like, what are they going to do? Like, they're going to. If anything, I'll tell you where they failed the most. But I just thought it was, it was going to get gross. And it didn't. It got cute. It got funny. Like, it, they're singing a song together. The ladies are just enjoying some Van Halen. Who cares? It's music. We're having a good time. But all I kept thinking is, like, why aren't they trying to convince these women about wrestling? Every single scene up to that up to that scene, they've talked to every single fucking person about wrestling. Even the people they get their food from. Even his dad, he's like, I like wrestling. Like they're talking about wrestling with everyone. Then they get in a car with a bunch of nuns and they start talking about Van Halen. They start playing music like they're musicians. What? Talk to them about wrestling. Convince nuns that wrestling is cool. Tell, like, convince them that these stories uh, in the ring are epic. That they're of like that they're like Greek kind of like tales. You can get them on that scale, but no, it's about Van Halen. And then when they get out of the van, the the nuns farted. <laughs> oh, God, man! So many times, so many times but you know what my favorite moment in this entire movie is uh -oh. my favorite the 
time, the one time where I genuinely laughed and was like, that was great, and I want to see more of this. And it's when they sing the song to him after he's found in the sewer. <laughs> I like that moment. I liked that song. I like how they played it off. David Arquette isn't going crazy. Scott Kahn is genuinely in the moment. The song is cute. And it really and him running away is perfect because you don't trust those guys. But I wanted to see that movie where they were low-key funny. I don't like I don't like Scott Kahn not understanding whether he's the smart guy or the dumb guy throughout the movie because he's either the guy who manages them and runs a business and makes friendship bracelets and plays guitar or he's a dumb idiot. Can't be both. And, and David Arquette, he's got a story with his dad, sure, but all I kept thinking throughout the movie is when it detracted with women, it was super weird. And I, I honestly think that this movie threw sex scenes in with these characters just to make sure that it's really, really, really clear that they're not gay. <laughs> this movie, the bond, like the fetish bondage stuff, like take away the fact that it's one guy asking another guy to can just punch him in the face, like begging him. They're on their knees begging for King to just punch him, hurt me, do something. And then Sting like hits him later because he's gay. And and then he's the other guy's like, hit me, please hit me, I want mine, give me what I like this movie is. Weird, dude. It's weird. <laughs> I like, told you it was like, not You guys took me for granted. I'm not gonna lie, you took me you took this movie for granted. I did, dude, the world did. <laughs> if I was if I was this age when this movie came out. I would have been like, you're telling me the guy who made Varsity Blues made a wrestling movie? I'm fucking in. But now that I know that, it makes all the sense in the world. Like, who who makes a scene where two guys are having an earnest moment talking about the things they like, and there's just dripping shit on the side of your screen? Just dripping chunks of, I wanted to puke. Ah, uh, It's not even funny. It's just gross. I can't breathe. <laughs> I love the scene where they where they knock over their septic tank trunk, and then another 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 truck driver is driving up, doesn't see the waft of police light and and everything. He smells something, and then immediately checks to see if he shit himself, which is why he the car that he turns the truck and it goes out of whack in the first place. And there's toilet paper, and it's like making a fireworks sound as it comes out of the truck, and then shit goes everywhere on everyone, including our main characters. And then it immediately cuts back to them after the toilet paper, and they make a joke about it, but they're not covered in shit. And then it cuts to all the cop cars leaving, and then they're walking with only their bags, and they're still covered in shit. And then they don't take a shower, and they get in a car with nuns, and no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. Where did they shower? Where did they get their clothes? How are their shoes not filled with shit? How are their bags not filled with shit? The movie has the audacity to drop the entire shit joke idea altogether 30 minutes into the movie. I was happy, but like, commit! (laughs) I can't breathe right now. I can't breathe. It's like Norm of the North. I knew it was going to be this way. <laughs> it's so fucked up, man. <laughs> like, 
It's five different kinds of bad. I really thought this was just going to be one kind of bad. Like maybe this would be lazy. Or maybe the people involved didn't want to make it. No, some people didn't want to make it. In fact, Rose McGowan made it very clear that she never wanted to be in this movie. And after reading the script, trying to read it three times, she chucked it on the floor and in the trash can. And then she just gave up. And the only reason she kept going through is because she had done another movie with David Arquette and liked the guy. Outside of that, she thought it was horrible that her character was only there to get literally punched in the face over and over and over again or sexualized. And then you find out years later, Rose McGowan was actually, like, assaulted by Weinstein for years. And you're like, oh, man, like, this was, like, the worst time in her life. And this is the worst role for her. No wonder she didn't want to do it. Whew. Good God. <clears throat> man, now what do I say? Remember <laughs> the scene when Martin Landau, like, kills it in the hospital? Like, he's nailing the line? He's, like, giving this great speech and a motto that people should actually use in everyday life. It work in any sports movie. And then they won't stop fucking talking about Butterfingers? I don't want your... Oh, God! Brought a place Where? He literally walks in, he's like, Oh, thank you, the one thing I wanted. Forget that thing I just said. Butterfingers! Yay! And then they walk out and they make a Butterfinger joke. And I felt... I, I honestly could feel Oliver Platt's soul just die a little like his like the Grinch but backwards his heart grew three times smaller that day <laughs> and yeah Oliver Platt is miscast but I mean if there's two things I'll give him credit for A I don't like the character of King I like his turn I like the fact that he becomes a better person off his own like will and the fact that these guys are super like about him and are supporting him I like that, but there's really not much to the character other than he used to be bad at his job, he screwed over his family, and he drinks a lot. Outside of that, you don't really know anything else. So when he's standing by the window and he's begging Gordy to come because he needs him, and he's standing there right before he goes to Vegas, and he's like, look, man, I, I couldn't have done this without you, and you really made me the person I am today and want to change. And the reason those lines work is because Oliver Platt's a good actor. And he's really making, he's throwing himself into this in a way that you, you could tell it was a challenge for him. And where other people may have looked at him and said, you shouldn't do this, the main reason they got him is because he's a good actor. And he made those lines work. And by the end of the movie, I actually genuinely believe that he tried. I don't like King because on paper you don't really get much from him. But Oliver Platt made those moments work. And I gotta commend him for it. And that's when I thought, you know who he reminds me of? Not not Lawler, who they're trying to make him be like. Not Ric Flair, which I do see it somewhat. He reminds me of Mankind. Thank you. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who didn't see that. Or who no, did see that. He was chubby. He had to create a persona that was so out there and weird. And the main thing that he did that King does in this movie, but... Uh-oh. Did I lose you? What happened? I don't hear you anymore. Oh, dang it. Hello? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. You're on a roll. <laughs> Man, mankind threw himself into the pain. He threw his body in. He wasn't a great wrestler, but he was. He could take pain. He was the most grotesque Rocky that ever lived. That's kind of the whole point to him. In this movie, King gets trained by a really good guy, but you never get to see any of those special training moves. 
and you never get to see him attack the strength of his bad guy. He doesn't really get to use any of that training at all. And then they go out of their way to have a scene where he gets a fireman and a woman and another guy, and then he, you never see them. In fact, better, bigger-named wrestlers come in to help him. So on a sports movie aspect, you really waste your time on crap we didn't need that we probably could have used to have just better character development. And that's that's kind of all I can think of off the top of my head. Um, outside of, I, like, there's... I, I remember watching the end of the movie, and I was like, I wonder if there's two different montages on YouTube. A, of David Arquette screaming that I could use to kill myself to later, and, uh, <laughs> like, that was bomb. Just, like, by eight, by hour eight, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, the cutting of my wrist just totally drowns this noise out because his screaming was bothering me. And then the other thing is how many dick shots there are, but no, the movie did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> And it's own montage of dick shots, and I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, guy who's richer than me and find my childhood with your stupid hockey movies and your Good Burger." <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> he made Good Burger, Chris. He made a Good Burger. <laughs> How is this guy not talked about more in the bad movie pantheon of directors? I don't get it. It's because he's actually been a successful person on television. I don't know. I don't. He's got at least three movies that I would love to talk about for hours, and this has been one of them. I mean, I'm never going to watch this movie again, ever. But I, I'll see this episode probably again. Um, but I watch Boss. I watch Varsity Blues any day of the week. Any day of the week, Chris. That is his, that I think is his best bad movie. Norbit's up there. Norbit, you have to have a particular masochistic attitude to want to watch Norbit. But Varsity Blues, in my opinion, is one of the best whitest movies ever. It's so white, it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Oh my gosh, Chris. I could watch Varsity Blues every summer. Every summer. Okay. It's so dumb. Okay. I'm done done I'm, i am i'm i have the movie in front of me and i can't think of anything else stupid to talk about okay so <clears throat> watching this movie the biggest thing that i took away from it was its inconsistent internal logic you mentioned like, that so like wrestling is for all intents and purposes, fake. It's BS. You have to suspend your disbelief. So, the moves that they're doing, especially when Paige turns on King, require coordination. Like, it requires, like, the guy taking the move to actually, like, take the move. Um... <clears throat> like and then and then when he comes back in the porta potty like they're talking about him you know what i'm saying the way they painted him was this jerk who would show up late to shows and like would be consumed by his own ego which <clears throat> like is poisonous in a real wrestling locker locker room um yeah. And so, like, he's the bad guy, and you're like, yeah, get rid of this guy. He's egotistical, and he just thinks he's on top of the world and doesn't lay down for anybody. It's like Hulk Hogan. 
So, well, I mean, the movie does lazy work to contradict that. Yes, and I, yes, can't believe yes. I can't believe I'm playing devil's advocate to this piece of shit. But, okay, <laughs> yes. He is terrible at his job. He's late, he's a pompous jerky, he's mean to his boss, and he's flippant to his coworkers. Mm. He drinks on the job, and he screwed over his friends. That is his journey, and I do believe the film recognizes that and makes that his arc at the end of the movie. Okay. And I'm going to get to a very, I'm going to get to an interesting point there. But the only reason that works is because when he gets actually screwed over, he asks Joe Pantoliano why, and he says, "I'm through with you. You're done." And if and that tells you when su- that when your friend this guy is done with you, he's going to be done with you in a terrible way. And all the other wrestlers need to keep that in mind because. He didn't say you're an, you're a jerk and you make the job horrible and we all dislike you. He said I'm done with you. You're through. So who's next? And it it tells you that he mm-hmm. would treat anybody just as disposably, outside of the fact that he needs to better himself as a person, which I do think they build more than they actually build um, with Joe Pantoliano, which is my biggest one of my biggest problems with the end when they when he says I made wrestling. And then the two main leads hold him up and they go, we, the fans, made wrestling. We made wrestling. Something seemed wrong to me about that, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Then I went to the trivia, and if you look in the spoiler section, it turns out Diamond Dallas Page had pitched an ending to Warner Brothers. An ending that said, at the end of the movie, you actually find out that King and Page were working together the entire time. And that the two main leads find that out. And then Paige gives him a week and says, welcome to the business, proving that it's now not only in the hands of the fans, but the wrestlers. The wrestlers are the ones who throw their bodies in the ring. They are athletes who want to perform. The fans make wrestling, but the wrestlers make wrestling too. They are the yin to your yang. And this film, oddly enough, made by a wrestling corporation, forgot that. Super weird. It is. So, like... Very weird. So then, like, King is blackballed at, at, at the point where I'm talking about, right? He's, like, blackballed. Yeah. You don't, like, like, professionally, you shouldn't talk about it, okay? It was, like, Montreal. Yeah. It's, like, Montreal Screwjob. <clears throat> where Bret As Hart. A, yeah, read about that. Yeah, Ric Flair. Yeah, so, no, like, Bret Hart. Hart. Hart got screwed in Montreal. Like, you don't talk about that too much. Maybe you get, like, a one public interview, if anything, or a statement, but that's it. Like what Vince did yeah, with the whole Brett screwed Brett thing. Like yeah. Not these guys. These guys gloated about it. About a guy who's legit blackballed. Quote unquote. Yeah. So then he pops out of the of the port of the, of the portable John and he beats up Diamond Dallas Page. And then they get into this big fight. Which ends with Oliver Platt jumping off the porta potty and doing an axe handle on freaking. His finish is an axe handle, everybody. I believe he crowned him. He did crown. <laughs> That's just such a stupid name. Oh. That is a good wrestling move name. Um, no, no, no. So then he, then he pins. Um, Diamond Dallas Page and becomes the champion. But, like, 
they, they got a ref. Like, a ref just came in out of nowhere. Hmm? I said, do your Counted job. Counted the pin. Do your job. Counted the pin. So he does. So then they declared him the new champion. Cameras are rolling. Um, yeah. And so Sinclair, he um, throws it out and says, okay, you want a shot? You're going to have to, all you have to do is survive. You get a million dollars and the belt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was saving that. <laughs> who, who in their right mind would give away a million dollars to the man you hate? Why would you give him that chance? See, if this were real. But even in the movie, it, like the movie explains that it's fake. But then they're treating it like it's real, which is creating this huge meta that I just cannot understand, and neither does this film. Because it is real. That match is real. That's what the film is positing, sadly. That's the thing. It, the, the, theatrics, the theatrics are used against him, and then he uses the same theatrics against Sinclair to create an actual match. Because for him, it's an actual match. He knows Sinclair is taking all of his friends and actual, like, athletic men to come and kick his ass for real. Like, they're coming to kick his ass for real. He has to train for an actual wrestling fight, which is why they got an actual wrestler for wrestling, not pro wrestling. They got Martin Landau, the wrestler. That's the thing. They, 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 they lose the theatrics. And then the theatrics that you see, that's what I don't understand about that moment. I loved the moment because I thought it was great. I was like, whoa, this movie took a turn. He just won. And now he did it in front of the whole audience. Oh, there's going to be a match. But then he pins him, and he says, ref, do your job, and he's the champion. And I'm like, well, there you go. And he's, he starts pulling technical stuff, and he's like, you're not technically the champion, all that stuff. And it's like, all, all King has to do is walk away forever. And he's, he, he won. He won. He never has to go. He never has to be a part of wrestling ever again. He could just leave. He is a celebrity by the next day. He is on the front of sports pages the next day. Because there's no way he can't be famous from that. There's no way the crowd won't be on his side. It's a great moment, and he just won the belt. Figuratively and metaphorically, sure, because it can't be literal based on the rules, but he still won it, and the crowd knows it. And that's what I was like, that's awesome. But you're over, movie. You're over. He won. That's that's the win. He won. That's the that is the that's the universal win. He won the war and not the battle. Also, and then he goes off in battles. <laughs> exactly. So, also, as a wrestling in thing, WCW in this movie in that in that scene ran in the New York Arena, according to this movie, which yeah. is apparently their version of Madison Square Garden. No, no, it was Las Vegas. No, 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 that was what that if, was that was the main right. event. I'm talking about where he jumps out of the porta potty. <laughs> so <laughs> when he does that, he's in <laughs> they're in New York. He just don't want me to laugh. Son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> when Oliver Platt in a king's uniform jumped out of a porta potty to win the wrestling title championship. Good God. So. They ran that... Uh, Apparently that show was in New York. WCW yeah. would never run in New York because that was Vince McMahon's territory. That was WWF territory. They still kind of operated on territory back then. So... Just a little end thing. 
just like well, where would where weird. would they usually do it? And that's the other thing. This I love. I love the fact that when ah, I just love when they go to actual Gordy's room. That East Coast West Coast about that shit. Was, it like, was. Would he never have one? He, he wouldn't have The Rock or Stone Cold at all because I liked WCW when I liked WWF uh, at the same time. At that exact same time. Right. I was watching that stuff, but here's the thing. I didn't watch Ready to Rumble because I knew it was a bad movie. I just watched the trailer, and I was like, that's a bad movie. Um, But yeah, there was an East Coast, West Coast kind of thing with it. Okay. But like... Instinct, I get it. Here's the thing. Um, Okay. Before I get into my real, like, crazy thoughts into the movie... Which you've probably already laid out. Like, in terms of a movie, you've pretty much torn this one a new one. That's all I can do. I don't know wrestling anymore. I dropped it a year ago, but I do want to say I respect it. I I absolutely think it is athletes who want to perform. I think that it's stunt, it's stunt work theatrics. Right. I, I feel that there's merit to it. And I would say that any time in this movie where they're shooting wrestlers, fight real wrestlers... It actually looks great. That yeah. four-post jump, I really was impressed by. But anytime Oliver Platt and actual actors are in there, it's you can't. It, it doesn't look good. You can't do it fluidly because they're going from stuntman to real actor, and the actor can't get punched because of insurance and visuals, and yep. it becomes really hacky. But when the actual wrestlers are in the ring, this movie looks great. It's not as much as it should have been, which is a huge problem. They all look really good, and the angles look really good. Like, that first little spin move that that guy does in one of the first matches, it's not just the fact that he's doing it. It's the angle they do it is the best possible angle to see him do that. Yeah. And that's just smart filmmaking. Uh, so I really respect wrestling. I really respect the people who actually shoot wrestling day-to-day in live events in different cities every day. I'm not trying to make fun of wrestling. I'm trying to make fun of a shitty movie. Which this is. So... Fun tidbit. WCW didn't deserve it. No. Fun tidbit. The cage of death at the end with the triple cage? Yeah. Real. Yeah, done twice. Done twice. That um, year and uh, a few years before. So, another thing. Cage of death is not its actual name. Really? It's actually like, yes, it's actually like the triple cage or something like that. Um, So, the actual cage of death is run by a promotion called Combat Zone Wrestling, and they usually do like death matches to a whole nother level. Um, Like, um, what else? Okay, so like, like, they do death matches to a whole nother level. I'm talking like, Real panes of glass, thumbtacks, the usual like barbed wire, also fluorescent light tubes. Yeah, uh, that's a, those are the common ones. Yeah, crazy the foreign objects. Foreign objects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not only am I, no, I'm not going to use the my dad. My dad says this is for pussies a lot. I don't think that that's right. I think that joke. I just don't like that stuff. Although I do like the foreign objects, and I may use that. In my day to day life, in my day to day life, actually, uh, the, the one that I really want to use in my day to day life is when they're is when they're tryouting the new wrestlers, and he's like, "I'm Jimmy the Fireman, and I'm gonna hose you down." I was like, "Yes, 
Which I swear was the gas station dude, too. <laughs> he looked exactly like the gas station guy. I just love the yell he gives this kind of demonic scream. He's never used in the match. <laughs> so, um, what else? Okay, so, the story behind this movie, which you kind of went yes. into. You kind of went into the background of it. This is what happened. So, yeah. this movie was getting made by WCW, right? They were they were declining in the ratings after Hulk, after pretty much all the old wrestlers of yesteryear are just draining this company of their with their yeah, ego. Their new Marvel superheroes weren't <laughs> up to snuff. No, they weren't. So <laughs> So basically they were in a decline and they had a writer. His name was Vince Russo. Wrestling infamy of just how terrible he is. Um, oh, okay. He's the one who allegedly came up with the idea to A, though he claims he came up with the idea to screw Brett. Also, he came up with the idea of Owen Hart's gimmick, and it was his idea for him to go up on the uh, scaffolding in St. Louis where Owen Hart died. Okay, first of all, if you're responsible for the second one, don't go around gloating around the uh, gloating about the first one. And second of all, you don't want to be the man tied to that and still work in this business. Like that, you you shouldn't be able to work in this business after right. that. So that, that was that was a massive massive decision that he probably had to push for. Owen didn't want to go up there. There you go. But he that was guy, he was a he was a company man. He 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 went up there. Again, I watched that show. It was the it was a uh, yeah. I was watching that. They didn't show it, but I was watching that night. Like, why'd they stop it? And then we found out. Exactly. So he gets cut loose by WWF. WCW brings him in. He's like, oh, he's the guy who made WWF this big thing. We'll just bring him in. Um, WCW two thousand is probably the worst year any promotion has ever had in the history of professional wrestling from a creative and financial standpoint of all time. Oh, shit. So, like, they were doing... They were they beat Raw in the ratings for 88 straight weeks at one point. How? Because that, okay, that was kind of before Vince Russo... That was before Vince Russo showed up on board. Yeah. It was when... The Raw, Raw was going longer than I remember. I think the turn when WWF started fighting back was when Mike Tyson came in. Oh, to do that yeah. thing with Austin. Yeah, I remember that. I was... I, I watched... Uh, I don't want to go back to wrestling. <laughs> don't. Um, I may go back to... like I, I don't even want to go back to the old videos. Uh, if, it, if, if there's anyone I'm going to watch, it's going to be Mankind. He's the only one I respect now. There's a lot of... There's a lot of goofy stuff I think you'd be into today. But other than that, there's not really a mankind out there. He was the best. He understood the poetry of it. I mean, I loved Stone Cold. When he turned bad, I was out. And The Rock was always yep. entertaining, but now I get to see him anywhere. But, like... Yeah. Mankind... Not that I'm older, I'm like, Mankind's the fucking man. So... <clears throat> so this movie was getting made, right? They yeah. had the brilliant idea. You've probably heard this. They had the brilliant idea. It's like, hey, to promote this movie, why don't we put the WCW World Heavyweight Championship on David Arquette? The real David Arquette. That's right. He kept pushing that on him. 
And then Arquette's like, no, I just want to do this because I love, I genuinely love wrestling, and I want to help yeah. support Owen Hart's family. That's why he wanted to do it. He, he just wanted and to, he he just wanted to and promote. More WWE after this shit, all this gone down. He's still gone on to do more wrestling stuff. Like this guy was a fan, and this this guy you're talking about totally manipulated him. Yeah. So like, so they do it. They put the belt on David Arquette. They did a three point one rating that week. It fell to a two point six. They lost millions of viewers doing that. And yeah. the film lost promotion because of it, too. Like, they... I mean, well, then that begs a very interesting question, Chris. Let's say they didn't do that. Let's say they promoted this movie properly and they actually got their audience back opening weekend and this is they got. Exactly. It wouldn't have mattered anyway. They made it worse. They were never even in it. They were never even in it. And I feel bad for David Arquette. He liked this. I feel bad for Scott Kahn. He cared about his director. I don't feel bad for the director. He took anything. So uh, I don't the writer. He actually turned the ending into an actual sort of good story for King. I, I'll give him that. Uh, and I feel terrible for Rose McGowan. Oh, absolutely. Um, but to finish terrible, my, to finish my story, then I want to talk about the Rose McGowan. Um, to finish my story, um, for, for people who didn't, who, who aren't familiar, so David Arquette, huge wrestling fan, just wanted to do a funny little thing to promote this movie, ended up being the laughing stock of professional wrestling for years, and he just didn't want to live with that anymore, and he actually trained to become a professional wrestler, and he is wrestling. From time to time, but he's still wrestling. Yeah. Like, like, and he has kind of redeemed himself because he's just yeah. out there having fun, doing what he loves, and people are into it. I that is the one that I mean. We'll get to Rose McGowan in a second, but he was one of the stories I also wanted to save for last because he's also one of the most interesting cases. He really cared about wrestling. He really wanted to make a movie about people who love wrestling. Um. What I find probably the most interesting part about all of this is he was married to Courtney Cox. <laughs> what? You didn't know this, Chris? No. Dude, they not. met on Scream, and at this point, at this point in the year 2000, Courtney Cox was one of the highest paid actresses on television, earning a million dollars an episode for Friends. And he was married to her. This guy could do whatever he want, whenever he wanted, with the millions of dollars in his back pocket from the work his wife did that week. He chose this because he wanted to do it. And he put his heart into it because he wanted to do it. And yeah, it sucks. This guy really screwed him over with a bad idea. But honestly, wrestling is a TV show. You should have not hired that guy as a writer, and you should have gotten better writers, but at the end of the day, you cannot always predict how your audience is going to respond. I mean, who's to say that they wouldn't get the joke of a Hollywood actor coming in just to promote their movie and earn the title for a second without, oops, we accidentally made a joke out of our title. Shit. Cause, yeah, because, yeah. So then... Is that... Um... Yep, that surfs up, too. He had... Like, Vince Russo, he had 
he he did everything he like everything he thought he could like celebrity cameos, lingerie fights, like everything that didn't involve just pure wrestling. He had to have a gimmick and a spiel to everything, and none of it got over. Nope. Like nowadays, he's calling uh, uh, wrestling fans gay, and that has everybody in a tizzy. And he hasn't been heard of much since. So. Huh. That's interesting. That's kind of like the same stuff we heard in this movie. Also, if you need, if you have, if you're like, if you're like, I don't know, if you're just like feeling like angered up or something like that, listen to a guy named. Okay, you probably shouldn't because he's like a. I'm trying not to be like a terrible human being, but when a guy named Jim Cornette, he's an old wrestling manager, okay. and he hates Vince Russo. Like, apparently, like, allegedly, he has said, like, he dreamed, like, sometimes he wakes up from a dream when he's in the act of murdering him. <laughs> he has said this on multiple occasions. Yes, I wish I could say that about the people I hate in public on a press. I wish I could make the people I hate read that in the news when they wake up. That is amazing. Uh, sometimes I wake up from dreams killing this person. Oh, God. If I ever get married and get divorced, that is that is going to be said to my ex-wife. Um, oh. Vince Russo apparently got Jim Cornette fired from a creative spot twice. Oh, Once in WWF and another time in TNA, which everybody considers to be like a WCW reboot, but it wasn't officially. Um, I don't an episode of a TNA. <laughs> TNA wrestling. Total nonstop action. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think it's... I was so beyond wrestling by that point, I don't think I've no, ever yeah. seen it. They started in 2002, and they're still going. Yeah, I think I was done by then. Um, but, like, yeah, there was a point between, like, 2006 to 2009 where Russo ran... No, not 2009. He went beyond 2009. Um, he drove, yeah, he drove, like, he drove Jim Cornette, like, out, and <laughs> Jim hates him. Apparently, he got, like, a restraining order from him <laughs> for his violent, vitriol rants against him that has become infamous among the internet wrestling community. Uh-huh. See, I don't think wrestling friends are weirdos, and I don't even think wrestlers are weirdos. I think the people who make wrestling are weirdos. Yes, they are, like, yeah. Um, he, he's even said, like, this business will make you crazy. Um, I, if you're yeah, not already I mean, crazy, it will make you crazy, is what he said. Um, but yeah, it turns out, like, Jim Cornette just doesn't like, is like one of the old people screaming at clouds now. <laughs> And, like, he has actually, like, he's, he called a transgender wrestler a transvestite once, and then he told a, one of the female wrestlers to go back to the kitchen, which, like, he's not made a lot of people happy these days. No, it it sounds like he's a, uh, like, a baby boomer that just, yeah, yelling at clouds doesn't change. There's only one style of wrestling that he knows, and he sticks to that, and he'll argue anybody who thinks differently. Um, season five of Mad Men. Anyway, back to hashtag back to Willow. Oh, Man, like, when's the last time I pulled that out? Uh, last episode probably. 
I did not say back to well in the last episode. I can see one of us saying it. Probably me. It wasn't me. I haven't said it in a while. Um. Anyway. Hashtag back to the back <laughs> Rose McFreaking Gowan. I'm sorry? Rose McFreaking Gowan. Yeah. You made a lot of excellent points. Now that I think about it, it's like, okay. She was hired by Sinclair to infiltrate the posse of heroes, so to speak. Um, and then we had a previous relationship. They had a romantic relationship. Did they? She said, I love you, or something like that. Oh, well, okay. So, her entire objective is to get into Gordy's pants. To get them off course. To mess with them in any way. Or find, yeah, find out information and, and sabotage. Right. Insurgent and sabotage. Basic insurgent sabotage. But, the way they thwart her, or try to thwart her, is Gordy is the A to, like, no. It's like Gordy is so stupid, and everything just goes over his head, that when she asks that she sh- that he show her moves, some of her some of his moves. He thinks wrestling moves and proceeds to do moves on Rose McGowan. <laughs> and then when she flashes on him in the bed, he's like forward object and then just whacks him in the face. Okay, yeah. Um, first of all, that joke is very Dumb and Dumber. That is the joke. That's the kind of joke you hear on Dumb. That's the thing. Like a girl looks, flirts with a guy, and the guy is so childlike that he thinks of the most childlike thing or the thing he loves most in the world. Like I get that. Why punch her in the face and then have um, fight sex? <laughs> what What are you trying to say with that? Exactly. And then... History of China and Tupac? What are you talking about, people? And then, okay. So then she gets figured out because Gordy listens to a phone conversation that she has with Sinclair with pay phones. My God, they were were a thing. I forgot. Um, Got to that right away, though. I'm glad they didn't stretch that Rose McGowan stuff out. That they were just right away, he just happened to be getting a Butterfinger. (laughs) Um... So, <laughs> God. So then, in the in the um, finale, like she comes back in the cage match, and she wants to rehook up with Gordy. Like she did, she not like come across as apologetic to you, or was she a little scummy? I'm getting, I was getting mixed mixed feelings from it. Okay, so the problem with that, and I think what carries over to that scene is the the actual genuine kind of hurt that you see on her face when he says you don't have a heart and he's right she did something callous and you think based off of what we all know about film and what we've seen and are used to that her making that face maybe she'll turn and help them and i thought she'll turn and help them and so when she comes up to him in this cage match the first words out of her mouth are just like you're a great wrestler 
and I think you're great. We should team up. We should get back together again. And right off the bat, I was like, okay, you no, know, she cares. She cares about the spotlight. That's what she cares about most. But do I think after she said that, that they may have figured something out? Do I think that they have a chemistry there? Yes. And that's because they fight fuck. Because they have the sex scene where they actually are on the same page about wrestling sex and she has a good time. That's why I thought maybe they'll go back into that mode right here and they'll fight in a way where that chemistry shows up. Nope, she gets hit in the face with a ladder. With a ladder? A ladder. Just randomly? No, actually, if you watch the scene, the ladder is spinning. And I'll give it credit. The ladder is spinning. There's, but it's who's in the spinning background. it? Do you remember spinning it? No, I don't know who's spinning it, but it is spinning in the background. It is, it is, uh, or it is told. On screen. There's a Chekhov's gun moment there. Okay, fine. All right, sure. It's in the background. You're just waiting for it to happen. But you don't know it's a possibility of happening it until it happens. But that's not that's not where the scene was going. The scene was going down a route of, yeah, she's kind of scummy, but maybe he can put her in her place because the sex is really good. That's been a joke in comedies before where they're like, I don't like you, you don't like me, the sex is great, we're a couple. It's happened. They, they never work out, but it's funny to watch. And I thought that's where they were going until they hit her in the face of the ladder. And then I was like, nope. Did she nope. not look dead from that ladder shot? She just looked blank. Like she, she like looked, she was dead. Dude, Diamond Dallas Page was dead. <laughs> that is true. Um, Did you see how far he fell? And then only that, the person who fell, obviously, in that shot was falling on a mat. That guy, like, there was something like there was a cushion below him because when he's falling, he's pretty much falling neck first. Like the yeah. weight is in the shoulders. That's what you're supposed to do in those mats so that it like dissipates the specific way. But if he fell that way in real life and then fell like on his neck that way, dead, dead, dead. I don't care where wrestling ring mat is like dead. Um. So let's see here. But um, yeah, like she didn't want to be there. She didn't like the role. She thought it was bad. And to be honest, it's a terribly written role. There's no redeeming qualities to her. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean she deserves to get punched in the face over and over and over again in your somewhat plausible live action cartoon. Like when stuff like that happened, you had a green tint when he was fighting the cashier guy. But no, like she's legit. You, your main character punched her in the face. Um. Oh, another interesting tidbit. Did you check out the timestamp I sent you? Oh, I forgot about it. So when King goes to talk to Goldberg, um, star of Santa Slay, by the way. Oh, John Cena. Yeah, John Cena was. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, the review I watched of this movie that gave me inspiration to put this on the wheel, he's like, he's like, even John Cena deserves better than this. Well, yeah, John Cena's in better movies these days. Yes. I still haven't seen Blockers. Um, he's really good. So, just... I thought that was really funny. It was just like, even he deserves better than this, and he's not even doing anything. 
It's just I, funny I, that I he's in a WCW movie. That's true. Well, I, I get, well, that's the thing. Like, just because it's WCW, I guarantee you that, like, wrestlers probably didn't go to gyms that were just WCW regulated. I'm pretty sure wrestlers on both sides knew each other. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that if, like, someone would train for both and be like, oh, did you make WWE? And you'd be like, nah, man, I'm going to go to WWF or WCW tomorrow. And, like, I'm sure everyone knew everybody. It's just whoever they were getting paid for, they went to the contract for. Also, is it just me? I'm just grasping at straws now for this movie. Is it just me? Or did that posse they got in Wyoming before they went to Las Vegas, did they just disappear as soon as they walked down the ramp? I'm Yes, that's what I'm saying. They're never even utilized. Why would you even put that scene in the movie? Why have a scene where you, like, not only would you, why would you have that scene in the movie, why would you waste the money to shoot it? They wasted money. That money could have been given to poor African children. Jesus. <laughs> like, why did you make that scene and show us, show me the firefighter, I'm going to hose you down, only to never, ever give us a moment where he hoses people down. I wanted to see Jimmy the firefighter hose people down. Blah, blah, blah. Actually, I wanted that to bothered, see. Actually, I wanted not, to see. Not only the, that, uh, point that the WCWS was that actually come in and help them, which I, that's the other thing. Like, why would you have a, a scene where you have tryouts and have a scene where you try to convince Goldberg? Have you try to convince other wrestlers? Again, the wrestlers are the yin to the yang of the fans. Make the wrestlers really talk about how much they don't like Sinclair's control, and then give the wrestlers the control at the end of the movie. Also, like, um. What was I going to say? Dang it. I was going to say something. Sorry. I lost, I, my, I lost my train of thought. Dang it. I lost it. It's gone. I'm a piece of crap. I'm sorry. I'm going to crown myself. <laughs> God. Ow, it hurt, but I liked it. I, I heard it. It hurt like... Like, just... Um... Nah, I guess so. You know. It's just, to me, it's like... Um, now that I think about it, the, the reviewer, the reviewer I was watching, the reviewer I was watching, he was, um, he was talking about how Oliver Platt is, like, the least convincing wrestler. He is. He is. But I'm like, well, so is Mankind, I guess. Well, so no, the whole point is, when I say Oliver Platt is unconvincing is because Oliver Platt is a theatrical actor. You can tell that his methods are that. And when he's in the ring with actual athletes, he can't get his face punched. He can't do any of these things because he's image-based, and that's the whole deal. Um, like, that's why I think it's so funny when he's standing in the ring with all of the other wrestlers. None of them say anything. He's the one who walks out and says, um, well, how about I make Diamond Dallas Page my, my woman servant tonight? Which, what the hell? And then he, he, oh my god, Chris. It just dawned on me. Oh no. Oliver Platt raps in this movie. Yes! Yes! How did we miss that? How did we miss that? He raps on DMC. <laughs> I wanted, I, I, my job was on the floor. <laughs> because not only is Oliver Platt super white-ass white dude who shouldn't even be a wrestler in one of the most whitest sports in the world rapping 
he's rapping to a song that either A, was the inspiration for why he calls himself the king in the first place, which, that's so dumb. Or, that's the song he chose after he called himself the king, which is even worse. It's bad, man. Oliver Platt raps, but that's my point. He he comes out and he says a speech and he raps and he does all this stuff because he's an actor and that's what, what he's able to do in that scene. None of the other wrestlers say jack. None of the other wrestlers do anything. King's the one who comes out and does stuff because that's what you have Platt for. Again, Platt is there as he's challenging himself. You can tell physically, of course. He's probably in one of the best shapes of his life at that time. There are other movies around that time where he was really big. But he is selling the lines on the second half of the movie. They got Oliver Platt for the redemption stuff. Dumb move. But then again, they didn't know John Cena could possibly act. They didn't have The Rock. They didn't have Dave Bautista then. They didn't have a wrestler they felt could act. Which, by the way, Diamond Dallas Page, I think, does a great job in this movie. I thought yeah. it was pretty good. He's all, yeah, he was. He's got a pretty, re- yeah. he's, he's got a pretty redeeming arc himself. Like he, he was originally a manager, and like the, at the age of thirty-two, he started training to become a wrestler, and that's pretty high. When you're thirty-two and just tra- and just starting to become a wrestler, that's that's a pretty, it, that standard. That's pretty high. And then he started to become like one of the most respected wrestlers of that era. He got and he got over too. So like, I feel like any sport, any sport at the age of thirty or older, you're like, people are gonna question what the hell you're doing. Exactly. Um, unless you're Adrian Peterson and your um, money managers uh, mismanaged your money, then you gotta keep going. Um, Did this movie end with Martin Landau in a hot tub car with two young women saying "God bless America" for absolutely no reason. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. Also, Todd Sinclair gets eaten by the crowd at the end. Yeah, dude, they totally murdered that man. They must have been in Philadelphia, not Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) No, they murdered that man. Like, the main characters of our movie threw... they, They revved up the crowd until it was an angry mob, and then they threw him to the mob, and he died. Yeah, he got trampled on. He was beaten to death. Not trampled on. They didn't run around when they were excited that he was throwing to that mob. No. They willingly beat that man to death. <laughs> now who's going to run this WCW? No, they beat that man. To, like, if you look at the shot where they're like showing him wine on the ground, no. People are legitimately stomping on him. <laughs> and the, you know what? There's, there's a very interesting moment. First of all, there's two things that I noticed in this movie. One is really bad, and one was really uh, something that I liked. Uh, when uh, when he meets Rose McGowan at the party after the uh, porta potty uh, jump, yep. He, um, she goes, "So, do you have a beer?" And he steals the beer from somebody, and and the guy calls him a dick, and he offers the beer. Now the joke is, he steals the beer. The guy calls him a dick. He offers the beer, and she goes. I don't think I would drink that. And he goes, yeah, I don't know why I just did that. That's the joke. Not she likes it and wants the beer. That's the obvious, but maybe that's the obvious cue that she likes him beyond anything, which means that you shouldn't trust her. But if you go back and you watch the scene, 
when he steals the beer from the guy who says, Dick, his mouth doesn't move. Also, can we go back to the beginning of the movie where it's like, where he's like, Gordy, why does it look like you have a finger up your butt? Because I do. Oh my god, see, if Zach was here, we would have talked about that for about a half an hour. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I was going to say was when um, the guy, uh, when the match is over, Sinclair looks up and he's actually smiling as King is holding the belt because he's enjoying the moment. And then he hears the people booing him, and his face turns sour. I liked that a lot. I thought that was a, probably his choice in the moment. But, uh... You're right about the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. What, what, a, what, a, what a dinger. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, I mean, I, okay, so, there's a, in Mallrats, right? Okay. Um, there's a scene where, uh, Jason Lee, the guy who was the bad guy in Dogma, is, um, trying to, uh, get at the security guard for a TV show, so he does something called the pretzel trick, and they talk about it for a bit, he's like, I'm gonna do the pretzel trick, and his best friend's like, don't you do the pretzel trick, he's like, I'm gonna do the pretzel trick, and what he does is he just sticks his hand down his ass, and then he just just really gets it in there. And then he goes to the guy that he doesn't like, and he asks him if he wants some chocolate pretzels. And he <laughs> hands the pretzels to him with his poopy hand. And then the guy eats them. And then he gets so sick that he can't actually be the security guard or whatever. Maybe it's not even the security guard, I think it's the game show host. But basically he gets sick, and he can't do anything, and so they can pull off their scheme at the end of the movie. But it's the exact same thing. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Just not funny. And even in Mallrats, it's kind of pushing it. I mean, Jason Lee is really funny, which is why the moment kind of works. It's milked to all its gooiness. This is just Frank Zappa's kid freaking out. By the way, the cashier is Frank Zappa's kid. Frank Zappa is one of the most important musicians of the past 20th century. Who made this movie, Chris? <laughs> A bunch, a bunch of people who didn't bunch of know what they were doing. Weirdos, man. Mediocre high. Oh, dude, I didn't even tell you about the the time where Vince Russo made himself WCW champion. God. Oh my God! Please do, because that really just that defines him right there. Hey guys, I got a story. Um, I'm. The WCW champion? Okay, so here's the deal. He got into a feud with Goldberg. <laughs> right? He got oh, into a feud with Goldberg. Why would you do that? I don't know. Um, Goldberg didn't like the guy either. Not, not a lot of people did. Um, Nobody did. So, he apparently pitched this idea where he's going to be WCW champion. And so the way he did it, was he knew he couldn't beat Goldberg in a straight-up fight. That wouldn't make any sense. So he, being the New York stereotype that he is, he tries to do it in a steel cage match, right? So what happens is Goldberg, he dresses up in hockey pads. and New York. New York. Um, New York stereotype. Because he really likes hockey. And he... Is like, okay, 
Goldberg's gonna. So then what happens is Goldberg spears him outside of the cage, right? He spears him to the outside of the cage. You can win by escape, so by technicality, Vince Russo escaped the cage first by touching the floor, which is how it works. But his okay. the back of his head hit the guardrail after he's wearing this hockey helmet, and he still gets a concussion. <laughs> oh my god. So for one week, one full week, Vince Russo was WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And then he vacated it. He didn't even lose it to anybody. <laughs> he just gave it up. He gave it up. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to bob my head again. Take it. <laughs> Touching the floor was hard. Take it. The man. The man was a uh, polarizing figure in every bad way. Um, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. That sounds like a massive tool. Honest to God, would not be surprised if he had a hand in this film. Like, his fingerprints, from what I've seen of Vince Russo, is all over it. Chris, I came to this podcast with the idea that the guy who made Varsity Blues is the reason this is what it is. You and I came to the table with the yin and yang of this movie. <laughs> you, like, these two guys came together. These three guys came together. No, it was two. Like, Brill, Brill tried to write something that's really bad, sure, but like this is the way it is because of the director, full on. The director and this guy got together and were like, "We're gonna make this." That's what happened. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what they did when they were in airplanes up in international airs with young girls, but I'm guarantee you it was not make this movie. <laughs> they did horrible things with the money they got from this. That's all I know. People suffered from the money that was made from this. <laughs> the parties made from the the rap parties of this, people died. I know it. <laughs> These are terrible people. These are terrible people who made this movie. That's why the half a million viewers tuned out the next week when David Arquette was world champion. They just killed themselves. Oh god! <laughs> and then they and then those two guys went home and just had sex with more underage girls and did a bunch of drugs and didn't care about anything. I guarantee you, these guys are demons incarnate. <laughs> Speaking of demons, Vince Russo does claim to be a born again. <laughs> Okay, so that explains... <laughs> Which I don't believe for a second. Thing. I don't believe for a second. I, okay, maybe... <laughs> He's certainly got some of the just craziness about it. Wrestling is a crazy beast. Just crazy. Oh, the what 90s happened? and the 2000s. Oh, the poor people who had to put their faces on this. Yes. <laughs> At Scott, least this was the year Scott Com was in Ocean's Eleven. Same he year. He would go on to be like, like, "Oh God, this was like Scott Com's year, and he was still in this." <laughs> now he's in Hawaii Five O, and seems pretty happy with himself. Ah. Uh-huh. Now he's in Hawaii Five O, and he seems pretty happy about it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I've been laughing so hard this whole show. Um, Excuse me. Yes, um, he's been on it for like nine years, but he's also directed two movies and written a movie. And he stopped doing it when Hawaii 5 showed up in 2010. He had a family. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he's been on 216 episodes of Hawaii 5 Good Lord. Book yeah. him, Dano. Book him. You know what? When he was interviewing the... Oh, my God. 
when they were interviewing the wife, I was like, oh my gosh, this is his training for Hawaii Five O. This is great. He's interviewing her perfectly. Um, one of one one of the things that I think embodies this movie perfectly was her scratching her vagina. <laughs> I'm so hard on that. Me too. And here's the thing. I hated it, but I hated it because it was so perfectly done. It was the per- it was perfectly timed. It was perfectly edited. The sound was perfect, but I hated it. I was like, oh my god, this is so perfect. You can't do this any better. Oh, why is it here? <laughs> I don't want to see Caroline Ray, who I respect so much for why being a good comedian. Front of me, and then she—it's the perfect one too. It's just perfect two beats. It's like beep beep, and it's just like great. That was funny, and I laughed, and I didn't want to. You stupid movie. <laughs> why did you make me remember that? Because I remembered it, Chris. Why did you make me watch this? I didn't. The wheel did. No, who put it on the wheel? I did. <laughs> Follow the money, Chris. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Follow the money, and you'll get to the <laughs> you'll get to the source. Follow the money. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> you put it on here. I did put it on the wheel. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna be talking more about this stuff when we get to surf stuff too. And you and I say we because you're gonna feel what I watch. I'm watching it. <laughs> I want to see Vince McMahon the Penguin. <sighs> Okay. All right. Sloppy F minus. <sighs> D minus. No way. There's no way you give no, this. A, no I'm way you give this a passing D. grade. Dude, come on. F minus. Sloppy F minus. This is one of the worst. I know that there are worse films out there. I know that I would rather watch this another time than ever watch Manos Hands of Fate again. Chris, this is better than the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> this is still terrible. This is still like the bottom it's, of the barrel. It's terrible, but it's not an F. I've seen Fs. I've lived in Fs. I've had Fs sneak into my head, my bed and sleep next to me and kiss me on the face before I go to bed. And I have no idea why. Why did I watch Manos Hands of Fate? I don't know, Chris, but I did. And you would never make it. Never. You, wa- you also watched Sen- Serenity, so. Uh, I loved Serenity. <laughs> Serenity was bonkers. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, Serenity is bonkers. That was like more interesting than the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh man, it, had, it presented a crazier that- idea, I guess. Let's say this is a D. This is a D. This is this is a solid F minus. Listen, I was They're embarrassed as a wrestling fan just watching the this. This is disgusting. I, love I mean, as a wrestling fan, yeah, I could see a sloppy F minus. Like as Martin Lando's speech in the hospital is really good. Uh, Oliver Platt is giving his all, and um, a lot of the wrestling footage is really well done. Um, and I gotta give it that. That's. That to me is enough to say that this is a D because there's other qualities like I just, they threw it better looking than other movies I've seen. I know no. that. Like I just find it interesting. You spent like what two three days trying to finish this movie and you give it a D. 
Yeah, because I've seen movies that have taken me weeks, dude. I've seen movies that, like, took me an hour, and it felt like it took a week. I, I've seen The Abyss, and I've seen it stare back at me. This was not it. <laughs> this was it for me. I know I have no, this probably worth to see, but I am not excusing what I saw in this movie. I'm sorry. I just can't. I, I, I was bored for quite a long time. I was disgusted for quite a long time. But then I got interested in the production, and then by I, the second half is more entertaining. It doesn't make any sense, but it is more entertaining. I like Oliver Platt. He's selling crap. If someone can sell me crap, if your name is, if you're a, like a really good actor, and you're in a movie like this, and you make me care about how your stupid character feels about something, you're a good actor, and you should be in better things. And if I didn't know who Oliver that was, and I watched this, and then grew up years later and watched it again, I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna go watch that new Chicago show he's been on for five years. I'm gonna go watch that. Or I'm gonna go watch The Ice Harvest. Or The Imposters. Or anything else where he's amazing in it. Or like, how this movie, you literally said, like, this movie has so many nut shots, you went online. <laughs> you were hoping... Okay, there's got to be a compilation out there of how many nut shots there were in this movie. And then the movie gave it to you. Yeah. It's trying to get you to spit in its face. And I have to do that. (laughs) Oh, the humanity! (laughs) See, um, this movie does spit in my face. No, but it's, getting, it's a, trying to get you to spit a, in its face. It's daring you. Um, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it no, dared it's not. me, and I did it. <laughs> Screw this movie. This, this is this is a this is a bunch of old white dudes' ideas of what they think teenagers think is funny. This wasn't for me. This was for little stupid teenagers who don't know any better. <laughs> I've seen adult movies, don't know what the hell they're doing, and they think this movie is smarter than you. And you know it isn't, and you want to just you want to punch everyone who made it because they're like, look what we did, and you're like, it's shit. Or you see some drunken idiot from like the fifties or the seventies who got just enough money together to get a super eight camera and chop it up in editing and actually get distribution because they got a little bit more money, and that thing is still seen today. Like there is red letter media style worse films than what we saw tonight. Your, your sloppy F-minuses are so much worse than mine. You're so much more ruthless than me about bad movie grades. And it's because I've seen worse than you, man. I know it's out there. And we're probably going to see I, it on Wednesday, apparently. It, it was a wolf. It was the nothing. I've seen the nothing. <laughs> okay. So do you want to spin after we see Surfer, or do you want to spin now? No, let's spin now. Okay, let's spin now. We're spinning the good wheel. Um, shoot, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't knock. Be, be, yeah, because I, we, time may be a factor. Yeah, exactly. I did not pick a movie. We're doing good. We're doing the good wheel. We're doing the good wheel. Um, I've been bouncing a lot of ideas in my head. I mean, I told you about that movie, Night of the Hunter. Yeah, and uh, I watch. I watched it again, Good. and I really do love that movie. Oh, man, 
just came off. We're coming but, off a of fallout, so I gotta pick. I gotta pick something solid. But there is this one that's been in the back of my mind for a while that I think you really need to watch. Okay. That we've crossed a few times, and that's Gangs of New York. And I really think that you should watch Gangs of New York. I think you'd like. Got it. it. So my dad was watching this. And I'm like, this isn't that bad. I've heard a lot about it. It came out the same year of another movie of a similar premise that was made by Roland Emmerich. I think you know, think, probably know where I'm going with this by now. Dude. No, I don't. Olympus has fallen. You want to do, but that's a series. Duh, dude, but is it though? Angel has fallen. It's out, and it was number one. Oh man. Okay, never mind. I'm fine. Whatever. But I do like that. That's a lot of head stabs, and I'm for it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Also, another thing. John Wick has ruined me to action films. Man, I watched that movie. I watched some of that movie. I'm like, there's just too many cuts, and it's just perfectly cut. I'm like, there's too many cuts here. I'm like, it's perfectly cut. It's fine. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. Like, I do see what you're saying when you see the best that's out there. It does spoil you, but then when you watch more and more and more, you start to realize the charm and right. like people who okay. can never do that. It's people who got together and made something really adequate and nice, and you're like, oh my god, that this movie as a whole isn't great, but that one action scene was great. And you you just got to watch more movies to find the gems in the movie. Yeah, because there's not going to be a lot of John Wicks where every single scene is perfect. Got it. It's just not going to happen. Now I got it. I was thinking about this at work um, a few days ago. I'm like, okay. We've... When was the last... When, when, when did we do the last Transformers movie? That was earlier this year, right? It was that early last year. It was early last year. Yeah, last year. I think it's time we did The Rock. I think it's time we come back Ooh. to Michael Bay. I was going to say, because now Bad Boys is a trilogy. Yeah. Um, it is his best movie. It is a lot of fun. Uh, losers always whine about their best. Pro <laughs> Winners always go home and fuck the prom queen. I do love that line. <laughs> My favorite writer did a, did a rewrite on that movie. Uh, I do love The Rock. The Rock's really great. Yeah, I would say, um, if you want to flip a coin and do anything, i say Gangs of New York versus The Rock. Okay, I'm gonna flip a coin since we, this is only two of us. Depressingly. Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how you feel about the mediocre wheel idea, but I do like the idea of like. But it, to me, it's just I don't want to feel like I'm pushing. No, 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 no. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I was, I was just about like, I was just about to say that. Like, I had thought of the same thing. He said it's the curiosity wheel. It's the movies we haven't seen in a long time that we want to revisit and see how they hold up. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. It's almost I have, like you could have... Because I have ideas, dude. I have ideas for movies I want to do. I, the problem with me is I watch everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I rewatch everything. So there's not a... I, that's a short list for me. But I guarantee you I can, I can find some things that I've always wanted to go back to. But I, I'll tell you, Chris, there are things that I've always been curious about that I eventually go back to and realize... It doesn't I, even... I, or, it doesn't even have to be, like, movies we've seen before. But it could just be, like, movies that we're curious about. Like, we don't know exactly. if they're good or bad. Movies, movies I haven't seen but always wanted to see. Yes. I would put Dread on there, for example. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Alright. So, 
I have a real coin this time. I have a real coin. Okay. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I love The Rock, but I think you'll... I would really love to see you enjoy a, a Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese movie, the first one they made that also happened to star Daniel Day-Lewis. Now that I've said that, I know it's not going to happen, but let's do it. All right. So Heads, Gangs, Gangs of New York, Tales The Rock. Here we go. Go for it. It's Heads, Gangs of New York. Uh, yay! Yay! There's a Gangs of New York is going on the wheel. If I can get back to the wheel. Hang on. Do you know anything about that movie? Um, Vague idea. Is it a Mark Wahlberg movie? No. Okay, then no, I don't know. (laughs) He did star in a movie with DiCaprio, but that wasn't it. Okay. Uh, Gangs of New York is... um, It is set, I think... Uh, oh, it's set during the Civil War in New York. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is the son of a of Liam Neeson, okay. and the, his dad, Liam Neeson, is the leader of an Irish gang. Uh, Irishmen, all immigrants, have gotten together in New York because the uh, n- n- nationalists, uh, basically a bunch of Italian guys and, and a few other uh, ethnicities, have gotten together to say we don't like that the Irish people are here. They have a huge brawl, a huge, like, we have, like, blades and that. They have rules and They're gangs. They get together and they have a brawl. And um, something happens, and Leonardo DiCaprio has to scatter as a kid. He goes off to prison for years, and then he comes back. Um, Liam Neeson was murdered in the battle, and the guy who killed him was the other leader named Bob Bill the Butcher. And Bill the Butcher is frightening, Chris. It's frightening. It's one of the best performances by Daniel Day-Lewis ever. And Leonardo DiCaprio uh, basically becomes the right-hand man to the butcher. He's an Irishman. He can't hide it, but he becomes his best friend. He like becomes his confidant, all with the mission to kill Bill eventually. Okay. So, the, yeah, it's it really... It's filled with a lot of people that you've already seen. DiCaprio is really good. Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing. And the movie is beautiful and gorgeous. Cameron Diaz is really great. A lot of violence, a lot of gore. It's epic. It's it's the kind of epic filmmaking that I want to get you interested in so that I could show you something like Bridge on the River Kwai, which is like a great military movie from the 50s that I think you would really enjoy you're just not ready for. Because mm. it's like three and a half hours long. Okay. The list as the list on the movie in the good movies wheel is as follows. Looper. Which would be timely for Ryan Johnson, because he's coming out with knives out. Hey, a little bit longer. I'd like to wait a little bit longer. But yes, I would yeah. The year that Ryan Johnson puts out a movie, we do looper, that'd be great. Uh Clueless. I wanna do Clueless. Alright. The Incredibles. Yeah, is- sure. If we're gonna turn into, it's gonna turn into a series real quick. If they make another one, and I'll have to take it's it off the wheel. Four or five years. Uh, Surfs up, which you want it to land, uh, so you can ruin it for me. Um, yes, I'm gonna poop all over that movie. Get ready. Treasure I'm Planet. I'm gonna like it. Okay. okay. Little baby poops. Treasure Planet, which is infallible. <laughs> Um, the Fifth Element, 
Good God, I forgot we put that on there. It's been so long since we spun the Goodwill. Yeah. Um, Hardcore Henry. Uh, heat. Then... I can't wait for you. Yeah, Heat. Um, Troll Hunter. Uh, Independent, I think you'll like it. Independence Day. Oh, man, that'd be a great review. I wish that had happened during summer. Yeah. Um, Labyrinth. I was on TV the other day. Huh. Dread. Ah, been waiting forever. Yeah, it's been waiting forever. Um, and Paprika, which is what Zach suggested. It's like a trippy anime movie. Our first anime. First anime. Surprised it wasn't Spirited Away, but, you know. That's the obvious choice. It is the obvious choice. Um, Alright, we're going to spin. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Alright, spinning. Oh. My. God. Becky, Alex. Look at her butt. Alex. The wait is over. Treasure Planet? It's Dread. Oh! Yay! We get to see Lena Hadley die so graphically. It's going to be amazing. So, you know how you were talking about how we should put Dread on the uh, Curiosity Wheel? Eh? <laughs> so, uh, that plan went to crap real quick. It did. I thought it was a good example of it, but you know what? The universe was like, screw it. Curiosity kills cats. <laughs> we're doing dread. So next time, no, not next time on the Master Movie Podcast, we're doing Servantine Confronts Fear next. Um, uh-huh. as, as an emergency broadcast uh, live from the scene uh-huh. of this disaster. Um, but after Servantine Confronts Fear, we will be doing dread. It'll be great. Zach will be excited about that one. I think he's super sad he's missing server. <laughs> you think so? I think so. I think he he likes bad movies. He likes going to them. He used to like celebrate them with his friends. Uh, I think he would have enjoyed this. Yeah, it's going to be like the like complete opposite of um, of Narnia. Just like. <laughs> How do you get me? You, dude, you're going to see, like, the absolute worst of me. I'm going to be cringing and just shifting around in my chair so many times and laughing, her up like, uproariously. Just, I, I hope so. Like, you're going to see, you, you are going to see the absolute worst of me in a movie theater. Like, it's coming. That's what I want. I want to laugh. I want to... That's why I'm hoping the people that are going there with us are going for the same reason. Oh, man. Could you imagine if they're going to take this seriously? No. Well, either they're going to take it seriously because they read that there's this new Christian movie at the Trilon, or they're the people who made the movie. All right. We're going to do a It's one of three groups. Made it, they're Christian, or they like bad movie. We're going to do a quick update. We're going to see how many tickets are sold. Minus two, because that's you and me.
it was like left were like holy crap <laughs> like it sold out <laughs> um I did tell a friend about it <laughs> I accidentally like I couldn't keep it to myself much longer like I couldn't hold out now they want to come with <laughs> more the merrier more the merrier yeah they just can't come on the fucking podcast exactly we have to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's better. actually probably like my that's probably my thinking. Um, uh-huh. All right, let's see here. Try on. Um. Oh my god, it's happening on Wednesday. The it came so quickly, dude. We didn't find out that long ago. Oh, dude. We're not going to be alone. There's only 68 seats available left. Wow! Okay! People are showing up for this movie. Good. That means we get to laugh louder. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully. I was afraid I I wasn't going to get to laugh the appropriate amount I wanted to. (laughs) So there's going to be about 30 people there. Uh, yes, dude, yes. Either there's a church group going or there's film lovers like us that are going to watch something bad. Oh my god. I'm hoping word is spreading about how bad this movie is and that's why people are going to the trial line because so, like, every time I've heard of the trial line go, it's because of like something cult or weird and that's... People know that. So, when I mentioned it, when I mentioned it to my friends, one of them knew about it. Not because I told them either. So word is spreading. Was he... Well, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Is he your Christian friend or is he your movie friend? Uh, they're more of a Christian friend. See? Dude! The word is spreading. Oh, no. I think I think you're going to be in a room full of Christians. No, but they knew. But, the, but my friend knew it was bad. Okay, fair enough. That's different. It's not like they're going in expecting... Okay, I've... Dude, I've seen the trailer, man. It can't be good. It can't... This cannot be good. I can I can't I can't see a trailer. This is like Star Wars level of purity. Like, <laughs> but it's gonna be great. But it's gonna, it's gonna be, be great. great. No, it's actually beyond Star Wars levels of purity because I'll watch those trailers repeatedly to get hyped. Yeah, I haven't seen anything because yeah. I don't want to know. I just want to see it. It is a visual medium. Oh my god! This is I happening. Can't wait. This is I, happening. I haven't seen anything since the last time we talked about it, and it's like, I am super excited, because I have like, yeah, this is just going to be very bad. I don't know what to expect, except, I'm, here's what I'm thinking, I expect we're going to see like a crappy family drama between a father and a son, and the son's experience, until like the last 30 minutes, and that's when like the insane supernatural stuff happens. Maybe. Oh man, I hope not. This movie better not be like the like boring bad but that's probably what we're gonna get Maybe. it may be but like i love those kinds of bads it's like birdemic if have you seen birdemic oh i've heard stories it looks like that if you if you want to get an idea of what this movie looked like when i saw the trailer look at the trailer for birdemic except take the birds out of the equation okay all right so i gotta save the directions here. Oh, look at that. Hold on. Where is it? Google map. There it is. Okay, so next review will be an emergency broadcast. 
coming off the heels of Surfer Teen confronts freaking fear. Yep. God almighty, this is happening. Can't wait. Alex, this is happening. Can't wait. Okay, where hold on, I gotta get I gotta get going to street view here, where is it? Okay, so yeah, next time, Fear 13 confronts Fear. This is it. Like, it's happening. Okay, there. I can't believe this. This is happening, dude! It is. Foreign object. Foreign object. Alright, so take care, everybody. Say goodbye, Alex. Foreign objects. Foreign objects.